1: Another episode of Turnbuckle Talk in partnership with the thechairshot.com, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by Collar and Elbow where you get 10% off when using promo code JK Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com, where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code Pod. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at tbtalkpod. Listen on Podbeam, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And
2: now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Big Joe and Carl Carafel. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode here of Turnbuckle Talk. We are joined for the first part of our programming by our good friend, Danny Duggan of Canadian Wrestling's Elite. If you guys take a look in the ticker down below, you will see how you can get a hold of Canadian Wrestling's Elite at the website as well as their Facebook page, their little world on. Facebook, Danny, how are you, my friend?
3: I'm doing great, and it appears uh, like one of my five cats is making a cameo appearance here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You know what? We've had the exact same thing happen here with one of my three, so it's all good. <laughs> Thanks very all much. For good. Me today. Oh, it's our pleasure. We love having you on. You have been a uh, constant on our program, and it's it's just an honor to have you again here. How are things? In Winnipeg right now with this whole pandemic, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it How are things doing there?
3: Well, in this exact moment, they're not the greatest uh, It looks like we're going to have to cancel a show we've got coming up next week um, As the western Manitoba region has had an outbreak again So they're locking down that area to mm. gatherings of 10 or less indoors and outdoors So one of our three shows scheduled for next week is being put on the back burner unfortunately so that was unfortunate as that's the first time that's happened since things have opened back up that we've had to cancel the show but we do have two more coming up on Friday Saturday that are still still good to go um as of right now things things are a lot better here in in Manitoba than they are in other parts of the country in terms of professional wrestling uh CWU is the first company to come back and run an event in all of Canada in front of a live audience and I think we're now up to seven events uh since the quarantine has been lifted uh, that we've ran in front of a live audience uh, throughout Manitoba and Alberta. So we just uh, got back from a three-show three, three show tour of Edmonton, Calgary, and Grand Prairie last week. That was to great success. And we're just sitting and waiting now as B.C., Saskatchewan, and Ontario are still on lockdown in terms of large gatherings. So we're very eager for those to open back up and for the gathering size to increase here in Manitoba and Alberta so we can get back to the scale of show uh, CWE is known for running.
2: It's gut. well, I do know that in Ontario, that I believe we just went to gatherings of 50 people mm-hmm. uh, indoors, um, still having to do the social distance, still having to wear the mask, stuff like that. Um, but at least for us in Ontario, it's all a regional approach. So places like, uh, like here, at least in Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, it is mandated by the Algoma Public Health that we have to wear masks indoors. Whereas other parts of Ontario, you don't have to necessarily. It's all depending on their public health area. Is that the same way in Winnipeg right now? Is it a regional approach for different cities?
3: Um, I, I, in, in Manitoba, it's not mandatory at all. Um, it's just recommended. But a lot of chain stores that are American Associated are making it a rec- are making it a requirement. Uh, to go in, so your Walmarts or your superstores stores yeah. and, and, and things of that nature, they're now implementing it where you need to have it. Uh, when we were in in Alberta, Calgary, and Edmonton, it was mandatory that indoors masks be worn, but everywhere else in the province uh, we traveled throughout, it was uh, once again a recommendation. So it seems to just be kind of in the hot spot areas. There is talk of it happening in Manitoba uh, in the coming week or two, so we're just kind of sitting and waiting to see what that verdict is.
4: Have there been any other thoughts of doing, you know, some more Facebook Lives or some live streaming events, you know, maybe to kind of offset those shows that have been canceled?
3: Uh, not necessarily. Like now that we're able to get in front of a live audience in, in so many different markets, we're kind of putting the focus on that. Um, there has been talk of figuring out ways to, to live stream those events mm-hmm. without cutting into the live gate and for those that are attending so that, that is something that's on the radar, but as of right now, we're kind of just focused on the events we're able to do with the audience in attendance and just kind of, you know, watching the clock here and just waiting for, for things to open up so we can go to those regions and not have to rely on on the live stream, but actually bring the live wrestling
2: experience right to people.
4: You know, since you're, you're somebody that wrestles in the ring, Dan, I mean, and, you know, we've talked about this, you know, from, uh, from our perspective here, but what's it like performing in – Spot where there's no audience versus having people in the crowd, it's a completely different dynamic, right?
3: Well, it completely changes the the art of professional wrestling. Like the the audience is so involved in what we do and how we do it, especially if you know you're if you're a professional who knows how to listen to the audience and perform for that live crowd, opposed to performing for yourself and a match you put together step by step in the locker room. It definitely it definitely changes the dynamic because you know you give your match and your next movement and what you do and how you do it is all based on how that crowd is reacting and what they want and and when, when they're going to get it. Um, So that it it changes, you know, but at the same time, you know, it is pretty common now in professional wrestling that you do, you know, you will talk about a lot of things in the bag. There are a lot of guys that wrestle a certain style that does um, require a lot of cooperation and assistance in terms of, you know, whether it be a, a, you know, a high risk spot or just the length of a spot or just the cooperation that's required. So, so it's not completely out of the realm to do it. Um, it's just different not having that live audience there for it, yeah. you know, but luckily being an independent wrestler, you know, you, you run the gambit. I've wrestled in front of thousands of people and I've also wrestled in front of a crowd of four people before, <laughs> you know, so it, it comes, it, you know, it comes with the, you know, the, the nature of independent wrestling. So I've definitely done many events over my 18 year career where there was, you know, a dozen people in the audience or 20 people in the audience and you still go out and perform for them just the same way you would for anybody else. Um, um, the way I've kind of summed up doing the live stream shows in front of no audience, it's it's almost the same as when you're when you're wrestling on an event that's being taped for television. You do try to include the audience, but your main focus is wrestling for the cameras and the viewers at home. So your your focus and your attention is towards them more so than the people that are in the crowd. So it, it's kind of the same, it's kind of the same nature when you're doing these live events in front of the for, for the live stream. Sorry.
4: Now, since we're talking to you at home here, I did hear the little one in the background. So I I thought I'd mention, what's it? Because the last time since I've talked to you, Danny, uh, you become a father, right? So uh, what's it been like now, being a professional wrestler and being a dad?
3: Oh, it's it's awesome. Um, (laughs) She just started walking, you know, pretty regularly over the last week. So that's been a fun adventure. Mm -hmm. It's like having a little drunk toddler around the house. She (laughs) crashes and bumps into things. (laughs) So it's been a lot of fun. Um, You know. To be honest with you, you know, this year, you know, she's a year and a half now. So for the last eight months, um, if there's been any blessing or silver lining to this this lockdown, is I've gotten a lot of time at home to, to yep. be here while she's growing up and experiencing a lot of her firsts that otherwise I would have been on the road for. So it, it's been, you know, you know, it's been it's been a very nice nice touch in that way. So, uh, you know, but for that, you know, being on the road, it was definitely tough. I don't know how people did it, you know, 20, 30 years ago where right. you had the technology to do FaceTime and things of that nature. Cause that's, that's something I can do every morning when I get up on the road, I can call and check in and every night before she goes to bed. So, you know, you still get that contact and that face to face recognition with your, you know, with your daughter, opposed to just, you know, being a stranger that comes and goes throughout the week. So it's, it's definitely tough even just with, even with that technology and having those blessings we you're able to do that, it, it's still very tough being away when you're you know, you got somebody at home that you care about that you want to see grow up,
2: for sure. So now we've uh, we've gone through and we've been in lockdown for this uh, this time here, and I know that for you, at you at least, uh, that you are on the road a lot, and that you're usually doing a lot of your business on the road as you go, cell phone in hand, work, 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 work as you go. Um, this lockdown has it provided you to maybe. Uh, sit back relax or are you still a lot on that phone or on the computer trying to get uh, stuff done to make this next tour hopefully that can happen uh the biggest one yet
3: Uh, a little bit of both um you know to be honest with you it's been a big adjustment like i'm usually doing about 220 events a year so for three quarters of a year i'm gone so being at home this long um for this long period of time has definitely been an adjustment more so at the beginning of the lockdown when, when, you know, we, we had a big spring tour planned, which was 36 dates across six provinces, and we were still holding out hope that that was going to happen. Once that started kind of falling apart and you had to start canceling province by province as regulations were changing and, you know, kind of see it dwindle down to, you know, one province, two province, to no shows at all. You know, there's a good two, three month span where it was it was quiet because there was no work to do because we didn't know when we were going to be able to do events again. You know, that was around the you know the three month period where we were doing, you know, one live event a month uh, at our training center. So it, it definitely changed the dynamic of my day. It got to the point, you know, I would say maybe late May where I just hit a wall where I, I, you know, I legitimately felt like I was going insane because I just didn't have a purpose. I didn't have an I didn't have a reason to get up every day and work on something. You know, and when you're running a when you're running a company and you know a wrestling company that's you know live event based, you're working around the clock. And now that we're getting kind of close to the fall tour, it's it's getting into that that rotation again. As we got to start putting all our eggs in that basket, because if the tour can't happen, we want to make sure we're prepared. It's promoted, people know it's happening, and we can you know pull it off to be the you know best tour we possibly can given the circumstance. But you know, as we mentioned earlier, with three of these provinces still not opening up, it's you know starting to get a little stressful again. Where it's like, how much work? can we put in or do we want to put in? Because a lot of that work uh, that has to be put in includes a price tag in terms of advertising and marketing and things of that nature. And, you know, it was, um, you know, you know, you know, five figure loss, you know, on the last two were just an advertising loss or I'm not advertising expenses and other expenses that come with promoting a tour in advance that were completely, you know, washed down the drain so now we're going to be in a situation again where do we take that risk and you know pump all this money and advertising and put all this work and effort into you know promoting these markets just to find out they can't happen again so we're, we're kind of we're kind of sitting on the edge right now where it's getting close so we'll probably know in about a month or two if we're going to be able to you know go for i should say a month or two it's two months from the tour uh you know should know in about a month if we're going to be able to go up this thing full tilt and you know then it's going to be you know full speed ahead 24 hours a day to make sure that that tour is successful, or it's going to be, you know, the same situation as the spring where it's going to be a very slow waiting game of, all right, this, this province is gone. We can't do this town. You know, and another factor in that as well is, you know, especially with this tour with 24 events, a lot of these buildings are government owned or city ran. So even if a province is able to operate, it's at the discretion of that city itself and the facilities they operate. And we have had that happen where a facility uh, owned by the city has decided we're not going to run events even though they're still allowed like that happened in medicine hat where you're allowed to run in alberta with 100 people but you know the facility there was operated by the city and the city said no large gatherings in our building and they ended up canceling the event so it's really just kind of a scary time right now where we just don't know what to prepare for what to expect and we're just kind of taking it day by day so you know as of as of right now as we talk it's it's been very slow <laughs> it's because you know there's just there's just,
2: it's, a,
4: it's the unknown right now. Right. I know. I like, I'm, I'm dying to, for some live professional wrestling. I, I mean, watching it on TV and YouTube and stuff like that, that, that's That's great. That's fine. But I mean, I've always said guys that, that professional wrestling is the best experience when you're in person you know, whether it be at a small independent show, whether it be at a large Madison Square Garden show or Tokyo Dome or what have you, uh, being there with a live audience with other people who are like minded, it's just it's not the same, guys. Watching it on YouTube and on TV, it's just not the same.
3: There's there's no replacement for it. No, and it's really tough. And you watch it on television now, like you know, I think AEW is gonna have an audience this week mm-hmm. for the first time, or at least a larger audience. You know, WWE's got this Thunderdome concept, but you know, admittedly, for the last six months as good as the wrestling is and as great as the, the talent are and, and how hard they're working, it's really tough to watch wrestling without an audience. So I imagine it's the same for, for fans, you know, it's, it's tough to wrestle in front of no audience. And I think it's hard to watch wrestling with no audience because they, they really do make a, you know, they really do make up, you know, the, the aspect that makes our business special. Just that energy in a room can make a bad match great or a great match greater. Um, it, it really, it really, you know, contribute so much to the overall presentation of professional wrestling without it. It just, it just does not feel the same.
4: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it definitely doesn't feel the same at all. I've, uh, I've had, had to try to retrain my brain here a little bit so that I can focus on the actual work that's happening inside the ring, as opposed to listening to the crowd and trying to, um, you know, do stuff like that. Even, even myself, somebody that was in the ring for, for a little bit of time, it's, uh, it's hard because I'm I'm finding little things that I'm nitpicking with when I'm watching the talent in the ring, which kind of sucks. But I mean, the the crowd kind of, you know, helps take a little bit of that away. So um, it is definitely a different, different atmosphere when it comes to having no people to there being an audience. Spencer love here, hell of a show in St. Albert on the 14th. You guys always do a hell of a job, bringing in both experienced and newer talent. How do you go about selecting the talent you book Spencer? Thank you very much for that. That is definitely a question that I had on my mind as well to kind of add on to that question a little bit. How have things been with trying to get people from out of town? to be able to come in as well, considering all the lockdowns. Mm. So how do you go about selecting the talent, and then how has it been going through trying to get them with lockdown? Uh,
3: Getting talent through lockdown is it, well, the U S borders closed right now. So that's been a major change to our business as we normally, you know, on a monthly basis, have a former WWE headliner come in and and headline a small tour or at least the live event in Winnipeg on a monthly basis, along with a signing and seminar. So that's completely out of the question right now and, you know, might be for quite some time. Um, the border's currently closed until September 22nd, and then they're going to reevaluate and probably push it back another month, like they've been doing the last six. So that's been a that's just been a straight no, we can't do that on the U.S. side of things. Um, luckily, in Western Canada, it's wide open from B.C. to Manitoba, where you can now travel between the four provinces without having to self-quarantine for 14 days. So that leaves it wide open for the talent we're allowed to use between those provinces. I believe you we can now use talent up through Northwestern Ontario, as we did speak with Vinny Da Vinci, who was able to come in without um, having to self-quarantine um, if it was a, a, an option for him. So I think there's a certain cutoff in Ontario where anything that past that point east is out of the question, unless they're willing to come in and self-quarantine for 14 days. Um, but other than that, it's, it's pretty wide open. So in terms of talent in, in Manitoba, and Central and Western Canada, if they're willing to come on out and wrestle, we, we can use them without issue um in terms of selecting talent well we've got our core group of talent that we use that you know i think travels with cwe for most of our touring events that's consistent and have the the availability to do so and then when it comes to selecting new talent um a lot of it is you know i i'm really big on giving people an opportunity if they've never been with the organization before and seeing if they stick so if if somebody reaches out to us that we feel has potential Um, Most importantly, if we feel they're going to be an addition to the event in terms of, you know, are they going to add value to the event? Are they going to sell tickets by being on the card? Um, Is it somebody people in the area want to come and see? Um, And if, you know, maybe they don't have that name value yet, are they going to provide a quality match that will hopefully encourage people to buy a ticket the next time they're on the card if they saw them the first time out? So we kind of look at those factors first. Like if I'm getting contacted from a talent I've never experienced before, or sorry, I've never had an experience with before, you know, typically, you know, I'm going to look at their their promotional picture first, see if they have a marketable look, see if they look like a wrestler first and foremost, because that's, that's a key key to me. And then secondly, from there, if I feel they're marketable, you know, we're going to look at their, their promo and see if they have personality and character, because there's, there's a lot of wrestlers out there who are very good, um, but we don't need a card full of, 14 bland wrestlers we need you know a card of 14 you know personalities and characters that are different from one another so then we kind of look for that and you know then if uh you know if the wrestling's great that's that's you know nice garnish on the plate as well um but when it comes to the local area like we typically have our crew that we travel with you know whether it be six to eight guys that are doing a whole tour with us and then we kind of look to the local market and see who the best of the best are that we feel are going to be an addition to the card and we give them a try so some of the talent that we have selected or continue to select or guys we gave an opportunity for were a pleasure to deal with, were in a good addition to the card and they were asked back. And then almost every card, you know, especially if we're in a market that has wrestling or has other, you know, wrestlers in it, I try to give an opportunity to one or two new talent we haven't used before just to see how they mix with our locker room and, and see if someone can surprise us and bring something to the table we don't have yet. Um, you know, I'm very, very big on that because there's a lot of good talent in in Canada. And just often doesn't get the opportunity so if we can get them on get them on board and, and give them a platform to, to perform and get that name out
2: there further we're happy to do that Speaking of Canadian talent, I I, I want to give a mention here to somebody that Danny had brought in uh, a little while back. I think uh, about two years ago here. Somebody that uh, has won an award through the uh, Cauliflower Alley Club um, Rising Star Award going to Madison Miles. I was super stoked when I saw that. Super stoked when i when i heard that i was just blown away she is uh definitely as they say a rising star she's been one of those people that uh that i have followed since danny brought her in so that's just uh, another little snippet for you guys to see that you when 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 danny and and the canadian wrestling's elites bring in people this is the type of people that they're bringing in when an organization as prestigious as the Cauliflower Alley Club is giving awards to people that Danny has brought in, y- you only know from there that you're getting perfect talent. Yeah.
3: And that's something we look for, especially when, you know, the borders aren't closed, you know, cause we get, we get contacted by so many, so many wrestlers from so many different countries. I think in the last couple of years, we've had nine or 10 different countries represented on our tours. Um, and that's something we kind of look for because they are, you know, there's only so many spots on a tour and you have your crew that you're loyal to, but you always want to bring in some fresh blood for the audience, for the locker room. But, you know, you, we try to keep our eyes open for, for talent that are going to be making their way up the ranks and, and going on to bigger and better things. And we've had that like, you know, we, we got, you know, we had Chase Owens before he got his big break with new Japan pro wrestling. Uh, Jason the gift Kincaid before he got signed with Evolve and would go on to Japan to be a big star. Uh, so many guys have come through here that have gone on to do major things in other organizations. that we, we try to keep an eye out for that so we can kind of have our name attached to their lineage as they go on to do bigger and better things with their careers.
4: And I think that that kind of ties in with uh, Spencer's uh, next question here in our uh, on our Facebook page here. Uh, anyone in particular who's maybe surprised you in the last little bit, and I'm assuming he's talking about talent that's come through CWE.
3: Yeah, there's the you know it's you mentioned the St. Albert show. There's a talent by the name of Lumberjack Larry Woods out in Alberta. He works with a, a company in the region called Monster Pro Wrestling. He filled in uh, last minute about a year and a half ago when we had a cancellation for an event. He drove, you know, I think eight or ten hours to fill the spot. Um, got put into a tag match against uh, or against or with psychosis. Did a phenomenal mm-hmm. job and uh we've used him on occasion uh you know to fill a spot here and there and you know this this past tour we did in alberta we booked him for all three dates and you know he arguably had the best match on all three shows you know you know to some people's opinions uh so he's like he's a he's a talent i think is going to be someone we're going to be using a lot more moving forward who's got a ton of potential and i I told him flat out if he if he wants to do this and, and and pursue professional wrestling you know sky's the limit for him because he has the potential it's just gonna be a matter if he has the drive and dedication to go out there and and pursue the wrestling business himself
4: so seemingly for the, the time being, Canada's wrestling elite is going to be very Canadian for the next little while, which I mean, I'm perfectly fine. With. I know Carl's perfectly fine with that. I mean, when just when you look at higher up, I mean, we're talking Canadian talent all over the place. So Canada's never been short on excellent wrestling talent. So I think that there's just that's just going to result in more of a showcase on it, and uh, I think that that's fantastic.
3: Yeah, like when we did our Alberta tour last week, like that, that was the first time we've gone out of province with strictly Canadian crude, no headliner. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, I, I don't want to say it was nerve wracking because I, I know I knew the brand would be strong in those markets, which it was. Um, but I was a little nervous as to how it would be perceived because we normally do have, you know, top independent stars from the U.S. on the events. Uh, you know, top up and coming stars, you know, we usually have a big headliner to bring in that casual audience. So I was just, I was interested and a little nervous to see how these events would be perceived without a lot of those factors that make CWE stand out from other companies who don't, you know, operate under the same premise. So uh, we stacked it up. We booked the very best from Manitoba. We brought, you know, the very best from Alberta in each of those regions on those events. And to its credit, like two or three of those events sold out. Yes. And I would say those events were... One of the best events we've had in, you know, a good year, year and a half. They were just just as good, if not better, than a lot of the events we brought through the region when we do have access to a lot of those top independent stars. And that's, you know, that's a credit to how good the Canadian wrestling talent is and how how high of a level they can perform at when, when they're given the spotlight and the pressures on them to deliver in those main event spots.
4: Fantastic,
2: fantastic. So your headliner for these shows has always been AJ Sanchez. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, another good guy, uh, that, that we've been watching since, uh, since you have decided to come through, uh, this area. And I mean, it's just fantastic everything that Danny has done here for, uh, professional wrestling in Canada. Again, people, if you have not seen anything from CWE, go to YouTube. There's stuff on there. Yep. Go to the website. You see it in the ticker down below. Check out the Facebook page as well. Um, Definitely. That's that's where you guys got to go. We're coming up to the halfway mark here for the entire program. This is where we are going to be giving hot shot Danny Duggan an open platform for the next couple of minutes for him to spew out whatever he (laughs) wants to for himself. So, Danny, this is your time now. This is now your platform. What do you got for us? Well,
3: first and foremost, just a thank you to all the Canadian wrestling fans that have been supporting CWE through the quarantine, um, especially this past spring. We we did a few fundraising events, you know, through you know new merchandise that was available on sale, uh, through some fundraising efforts, through the live stream shows to help offset the you know the major financial loss of our canceled spring tour. Our our fans are absolutely fantastic and very supportive of that and helped us get through that. So first and foremost, thank you to everyone who is keeping C.W.E. alive and Canadian wrestling alive. Um, And with that, we're moving forward. As we mentioned, we do have a tour scheduled October 17th to November 9th. We got 24 events across Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta british columbia and ontario that we're hopeful to run in some capacity as of right now unless anything changes alberta and manitoba are still a go and now we are just awaiting uh you know british columbia saskatchewan and ontario to increase those gatherings and i believe if we can get those gatherings up to at least 100 people we'll still be able to you know come through with some type of show. It may not be as large of a scale in terms of the amount of headliners we bring through as it may not be financially feasible, but we will be bringing some show through um, and it will definitely be a good quality show regardless if we can get those gatherings up to at least 100 people come tour time. Um, Schedule two headline the tour is the franchise Shane Douglas. That's if the border does open, but if it does not open, either way we are covered as we have Vampiro on the tour as well. And he is a Thunder Bay Ontario boy. He's right here in Canada. So there'll be no problems with him crossing the border and coming on tour with CWE. So either way we got you covered. It's either gonna be one or two great legends on top of those events and all the Canadian stars will be on tour with us. So we're we're excited either way. We're just crossing our fingers that things open up and we can make that happen. And if so we hope to see you all there.
4: Fantastic! And where can people find you on social media, there, Danny?
3: You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and
5: Snapchat at Hotshot Danny Duggan.
4: Fantastic! All right, guys. Well, I think we're gonna well uh, we'll send Danny uh, on his way. And uh, thank you, as always, for being uh, on, Danny. Uh, we love talking to you, and we will be in touch very soon, sir.
3: Talk to you soon, guys. Thank you.
4: So there we go, Carl. Danny Duggan. Uh, always, damn. Uh, I, I love that guy. I love talking to him, you know, whether it's in person or whether it's on social media or messenger. I mean, just to talk to another Canadian wrestling guy, I mean, just, it's a pleasure every single time. And I'm just, I'm glad. And I'm just really, really happy that they're still going and that they haven't been a, a victim uh, to what's been currently going on, Carl, because I mean, it, it very well could have gone that way, and I'm just I'm really really happy that it hasn't, and you know, we're, we're yes. still going to have some good strong professional wrestling here in Canada. As we alluded to there, there is so much great talent in this country outside of the United States, so it, it's just it's fantastic to still see it going. And I think putting more of a, a Canadian focus on on the product could be a big thing going yep. forward. And uh, oh yeah, I like to see more of it.
2: Definitely, so we're gonna come to our break time here. This time around, I'm gonna let Big Joe choose the commercial that we are going to play for you. Ladies and gentlemen, Big Joe will choose that and we will be right back. Wrestling,
1: a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. a brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand.
4: It's big Joe and Carl Careful back here on Turnbuckle Talk. And as you just saw, callerandelbowbrand.com where you can use promo code JKPODCAST to get 10% off your purchase, any purchase that you make there. And one thing that you'll notice here... Uh, uh, carl and our fans are watching the show you'll notice that we tend to associate ourselves with things that are very passionate about pro wrestling you know we are as hosts of the program here calling our elbow brand i mean that's right in kind of the the, the name you know danny uh, rick vickery who does our intro we just we love to surround ourselves with people that are passionate about professional wrestling and i think that's something that we really that, that's something i'm really proud of that um uh, everything that we're involved with, it, it's it just that it, everybody has a pure passion for, for wrestling. And that's uh, the reason why we're 181 episodes strong on on this podcast. Carl, that's pretty insane when you think about it from where we came from.
2: It definitely is. I mean, from coming from where we were before, where we were doing some internet radio and then coming through and uh, deciding to branch out onto our own, it has been a struggle, people, <laughs> but it has been... Like Joe has said, it is a passion project that we have, and we have continued for 181 episodes. I mean, this it's fantastic. And we're not stopping. Even if we get zero people that watch, (laughs) uh, we don't care. We're still going to put the product out there because this is a passion for us, and we enjoy doing this, and we love doing this, and we do it for you people. So with that, I want to mention to everybody that we want to build our Facebook page so if you go to our facebook page share it out invite your friends tell people about it send us a message when you have done so and your name is going to be added to a contest that we have going on when we hit 500 people on our facebook page we're going to do a live draw and we are going to be giving away An autographed Jake the Snake Roberts photo framed, sent to you free of charge, as well as you will be a guest on Turnbuckle Talk. That is your incentive to share us out, tell your friends, but make sure you send us that message letting us know that you did that so that we can add your name in with all the others.
4: Yeah, it's a very cool price here, Carl. And I actually uh, remembered this week, I actually still have mine uh, framed in the, in the studio here. So it would be one very, very similar to this one. I think that there are two different versions. I would tell this would likely be one that uh, you would receive in... Uh, Fantastic. And I said, it is signed by Jake. That is his authentic autograph. I was there in person when he signed that. Yes. So that's some good stuff there, Unfortunately,
2: there is no certificate of authenticity, but if you want authenticity, come and talk to me because I have been with the guy many times and I witnessed him signing this.
4: Yep. Authenticity is what we really go for here. Um, Let's get to some WWE discussion here, Carl. And actually, this is... Believe it or not, our basically our entire episode is going to revolve around WWE outside of yeah. uh, our discussion with Danny, of course. Let's talk about Miss Renee. Well, I guess Mrs. Renee Young. And uh, she is going to be leaving the company, Carl. WWE, she, is, she has given her notice, uh, I believe uh, a couple weeks or maybe a little bit longer. Uh, she is going to be leaving the company. Now, there is uh, a no-compete clause tied to her contract. So this would likely disqualify her from immediately appearing on any of the promotions but Carl I don't think that she's going to be continuing wrestling I think that ESPN or one of those sports organizations one of those sports broadcasting companies are going to have their eyes all over her I think that she's likely going to get out of professional wrestling and get into the pure sports broadcasting what do you think
2: I I, I agree I definitely do yeah. um, I do want to just mention that she is done now Yep. Last night, SummerSlam during the kickoff. That was her final appearance. Um, She went out and uh, uh, left a tweet for everybody here. Um, I'm trying to find it here. It says, this November would mark, or sorry, it was on, yeah, Twitter and Instagram. Um, She says, this November would mark eight years Yeah, eight years in the WWE. She's
4: been there that long, eh? Eight years.
2: An opportunity of a lifetime with a global company to learn, grow, make history, and do things beyond my wildest dreams Mm -hmm. before I left Toronto for this adventure. I made friends, family, literally family. I met my husband here. What a effing dreamboat. (laughs) And people that will be part of my life forever. I did things I couldn't have even imagined or dreamt of from backstage interviews, a reality show talking smack, being the first woman to be part of a WWE broadcast in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. To being the first woman to sit at a commentary desk full time on Monday night, raw calling WrestleMania anchoring a brand new show with Fox sports, which you guys will still be able to catch me on. There you go. No, I've been so lucky. It's been a lot of a lot of my hard work, drive, and passion. There's that passion word again. Yep. That's landed me these amazing spots. I've had such an incredible run with WWE. It's changed my life, but that all leads me to now. What's next? Do I stay satisfied with what I've done, <laughs> or do I go in pursuit of new barriers and goals in mind? I always choose the latter. I have no idea what that means or looks like, but it's time for me to go. Time to roll the dice again and shake things up. Time to light that fire again and forge on. Time to say bye to Renee Young and reconnect with Renee Paquette and remember why I started this journey to begin with. And as the ride slows down, as the world slows down, I see it as an opportunity to make a move. So I just want to say thanks to WWE and to all the fans that have been so damn cool to me over the years and send a crap ton of love to all my people. I'm excited for the future. Thanks for everything. And those are the words coming straight from Renee Paquette or Renee Young. Um, It's almost bittersweet.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It,
2: it it really is to have a uh, a canadian another canadian yep. that has made it to such heights and and as she said i mean this is all stuff that she've really really done on her own mm-hmm. this has been her passion project and she has succeeded
4: yep and you mentioned in in a tweet there the crap ton of love i mean that's that's her husband coming through in that uh, in that little bit there. I think that's obviously some of his influence rubbing off. And I think if you were to, she
2: actually said crap. Crap. She didn't say any swear. She actually put crap. She
4: actually put crap. Yeah, that's uh, that's Mister Moxley coming through there a little bit as rubbing off on her. And um, you know, despite you know all the the great things that she has accomplished in WWE, WWE, sorry, I think that her and uh, I would believe that her husband would probably agree with the son as well that them meeting each other was probably the best thing to come out of their, both of their times in this company, you know, not to take away from any of the, the great stuff that they did, but on a more personal level. I think that that's the, the thing that they'll probably remember the most going forward.
2: I think so as well. Yeah.
4: So, yeah. And, and of course you had mentioned Canadian, right? Another Canadian making an impact in the WWE, which uh, all the more reason why, you know, I love talking to our friend uh, Danny and CWE. So we'll see. Um, I, I do feel that her days in wrestling could possibly be be numbered and I, I do feel that she'll branch out to uh, probably the more mainstream por- sports platforms i think that's where she could really excel not to take anything anything away uh from the wrestling aspect of it i just uh, i think that she would really excel like on that national level talking about other sports i mean just uh, i think it would be absolutely incredible
2: i believe so too yep
4: all right carl let's talk thunderdome thunderdome
2: Thunderdome. Yeah.
4: And like, you know, we can lump in some some SmackDown and some uh, SummerSlam discussion because the, those obviously did take place on that platform. But just the the overall presentation of the whole thing here, Carl. And, and I think that you picked a great picture here to kind of illustrate my point on this. But the presentation. I'll let you go first, though. What do you think about this uh, this Thunderdome a- aspect of, you know, all the the effects and everything kind of going on, and then the um, the the multiple banks of uh, LCD or LED screens or whatever those things are uh, what, do you, what do you think of this just presentation wise
2: I mean I'm okay with it, mm-hmm. um, it it's it's different it's yeah. it's something new it's something innovative it's something that uh, is allowing fans to virtually be there mm-hmm. um, we're, we're learning a little bit more and more as time goes on as people are using this platform to be able to watch the show. Uh, we're, we're learning different things that are happening ba- behind the scenes with yep. the Thunderdome. Uh, but, I mean, like, I, I'm okay with it. It's, it's giving me an illusion of people being there, mm-hmm. so I'm okay with it.
4: Yeah. I don't know if it's just the brightness or how, how the, the screens kind of look. I find it very visually distracting. And what even more visually distracts me, and like I said, you picked the perfect picture for me to help illustrate this point, even with all this coolness going on here, Carl, we still can't fill fill the arena. We still have empty spots, and we, we have duplicates on uh, the screens as well. You know, and there's been screenshots of people sleeping while they're on camera, and uh, you know, posting inappropriate things. So it's still the kind of the usual WWE fan shenanigans going on here, despite this kind of going on. But just. And another reason why I have a little bit of an issue with this here, Carl, is that we're seemingly very, very close to fans actually coming back to the arena. Like uh, Danny had mentioned earlier in our program that AEW this coming week, I believe that they're going to have fans back in the arena. And WWE will likely be following suit – Shortly after, this feels like a. It could have been a cool idea if we would have done it a little bit sooner. Like it, just, it feels like we're, we're getting to this point a little too late with this. Like we should have, if we were going to do this, we should have gotten on that earlier. That this feels like we were catching on the very tail end of things, and I, I think timing wise, they, they missed the boat a little bit. I, I will say that the presentation at the beginning with all the lights and the, the lighting and stuff, I thought that was actually pretty cool. It was well done, but it just it feels again like we're. Timing-wise, we, we missed the boat a bit here. That, that's the, the feeling I'm getting.
2: To a degree, I would have to say that you're right. Um, yeah. I mean, this costs money. It, costs, it has to cost a lot of money, right? Right? Yeah. So, taking a look at things, I mean, WWE is a public company. Mm-hmm. They have to kind of take their shareholders into account yep. and and figure out if this is going to be something that will...
4: Can you sustain it?
2: Uh, yeah, right. be sustainable for them to be able to do. Like, is it worth spending all of this money to do that? And I think that that's probably one of the reasons why that it took so long. It's my understanding that th- this has been something that has been looked at for months mm-hmm. before it came to fruition. So, I mean, it, it was all a... Uh, planning thing it was a money thing as well as you have to purchase everything that you see there all those screens and in a pandemic you're not able to get these things like yeah. next day shipping mm-hmm. these are taking weeks for things like this to come and then to figure out how to do it to set up and then they had to get an arena as well so they've had to wait for this opportunity for the Amway Center to open up. So that's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different factors in this. Uh, Maybe a little late to the party, probably. Uh, The photo that I took here is actually from uh, the very first one that happened on SmackDown. So you are noticing that there are duplicate photos and it looks, you know, kind of whatever. Uh, SmackDown was a learning curve for them. So we, we can't really judge all of it by what we saw on SmackDown yeah. because it was their learning curve. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm willing to give it time to see how things yeah. progress with it. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm just okay with it.
4: For sure. We'll, we'll get into, uh, because I want to talk a little, little bit about SummerSlam, but my overall thing with this year, Carl, and I may still get. I think I've gotten heat for this. the Last time I said this, and I may even get some from you on this. But I'll I'll dust it off an oldie expression I've used here before. Here, Carl, a polished turd is still a turd. All right. If the the, the product itself is still garbage, I don't care how shiny and how how bright and all the bells and whistles that it has. If, if down at the, if its very core, if the product is still not very good, it doesn't matter how glitzy and glamorous it looks. That's where I come from. Right, it's enough to 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 kind of blind you, oh. uh, from what's going on to the casual observer. But again, I'm somebody that looks a little bit deeper to beneath the surface here, and I, I gotta say, um, but with with SummerSlam, I, I think that they are kind of improving a little bit. You know, Takeover was pretty good, happened outside of this this venue here, but uh, it feels like we're possibly maybe going in the right direction here. But you know, all the, the glitz and glamour and all the uh, why not? It's enough to blind most people out there, but. I'm. it looks a little bit deeper beneath the surface. So, uh, you know, they still have some ways to go. Uh, it, it may look good, but if it's true, it's still bad. Then it's still bad. Um, well, I mean, no, I I totally
2: get where yeah. you're coming from. But I mean, first you had uh, fans in there, and people are crapping all over the product. Yeah. Well, then there's no fans, and people are crapping all <laughs> over the product. Yeah. And they're complaining. And saying we want fans, we we got it. We it's not the same. We can't do this. It's crap because there's no fans. Well, now they've given you an option where you have fans in there. Mm-hmm. You're hearing booze. You're hearing cheers. You're hearing all the noises that a crowd would make, um, but you're still crapping all over the product. But that part I mean, that's, w- w- yeah. w- w- What is it here? <laughs> w- what's it going to yeah. take for for you fans out there who are? bitching and complaining constantly <laughs> what's it gonna take it's, i mean it's gonna take everything getting... that you've said they've given to you mm-hmm. but you're still crapping all over it and i understand where you're coming from when you say you know a polished herd is still a turd i mm-hmm. get it but everything that you're saying isn't revolving around the work in the ring it's mm-hmm. revolving around the aspects surrounding what's happening inside of the ring.
4: The storylines, especially. And I I think what will fix a lot of this problem and will probably get me at least to stop complaining about certain aspects is getting the fans back in the arena again because, yeah, getting the the fans on on the screens and whatnot uh, is is great, but piping in fake crowd noise just isn't the same as having a real crowd curl. It's not the same. Um, And if you watch... and, and, and to so, give an example, another sport, when you watch hockey right now, they're doing a little bit of the same thing where they're they're piping in like a low roar, kind of a crowd noise. And um, again, uh, you know, like we talked with Danny, have, there's no substitute for having an actual crowd, an actual audience at a show. There's no substitute for it.
2: I, I, I get that. So. I'm just going to use you as an example here because you're the one that I'm talking with. So you're saying that this is all crap because there's not fans there, and I need to have fans there. I'm waiting for fans to come back, and that's going to make it better.
4: It's definitely, So you're saying that you're going yeah, to be
2: happy right. with the product of the WWE as long as there are fans in the crowd.
4: It will improve things. Uh, still, we still need to have bare storylines and you know the, the final decisions being made at the top. That's still the, the, the main... Uh, the, I get, I still stand by Vince being the main problem. Vince is still the main problem. Oh, yeah. Everything runs through yeah. him, and we still have really stupid storylines going on. That is still the main issue. But I mean, have, having fans back in the arena will at least help things a little bit. But it's still we still have that underlying problem: is that uh, you know Kevin Dunn and Vince and all these people are too out of touch to the, the current day, and, and that aspect needs to change. Once that, once I see a change there, you know, then you know, yeah, I may even consider getting a WWE Network subscription again if that happens. You know, uh, but I I think we're still a ways away from that. And what we'll see if the shift away from a a PG-13 product can improve things. Um, But but just briefly on on SummerSlam here, Carl, I I think that they did some decent stuff here. Um, The one big thing that stands out to me is that at the end of the show, uh, we had a surprise return. We had a surprise return. In the form of Mr. Roman Reigns. Yes, Uh, we did. And it feels as though he is a bad guy, Roman Reigns, which uh, I'm actually a little bit intrigued and was calling for this a long time ago. And it looks like they may have finally pulled the trigger on making him a bad guy. And I, I think they can do something with this. I think they can.
2: Yeah, it's definitely about time that they have done something like this. We saw at the very end of SummerSlam, spoiler alert, We had the main event match go on after that main event match. We saw Roman Reigns come back, spear everybody, destroy everyone and everything, and then leave. Yep. Fantastic. I mean, I I was super happy with that ending. I'm not a huge Roman Reigns fan. Nope. But I was happy with that.
4: No, the, the, this is, this is a, a Tongan acting like a Tongan, and uh, I can dig it. They, yeah. th- these guys are better at being bad guys. I've always said that about Roman, that they kept forcing him down our throat. We were saying this for years, Carl, that they're forcing oh, yeah. him down our throat as a good guy. This guy, just, just persona-wise, is tailor-made to be a bad guy and it looks like they might be finally doing it, so uh, I'm interested, and I hope that they can take that ball and run with it. But I mean, really go all in with it. Like, make him, like, the, make him the, the top heel in the company. You know, just go for it and, and see what will happen, and just l- let him do what he's going to do. Just let him go out there and kick ass and be that... Pff, I might get some heat for this, but let him be that that, that kind of that uh, that... That badass Samoan uh, make him be that Tomatonga like of, of WWE. Uh, that uh, that would actually be interesting uh, for me. So I'm I'm hoping that they'll take that ball and run with it. Uh, there's oh, some yeah. other things that happened in SummerSlam here, Carl, but this was the big thing that happened for me. Like the rest of it just, it all seemed to kind of blend together, not to take anyway, away. There were still some great matches and some things that happened, but this, this was the thing that, that actually like, mm, maybe, you know, I'll go back and actually watch, you know, at least this whole ending part to, to kind of catch the whole, every aspect of what happened. Cause it, it did look rather interesting.
2: This is not my match of the week, but I do have to give a mention to uh, Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville. Yeah. Um, I, I personally, I thought the two of them really worked very well together inside of that ring. Yeah. Uh, just another really good match coming out of uh, uh, SummerSlam last night. Uh, so, well, for those that are listening to the audio two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, SummerSlam for me anyways, I was okay with it. I didn't really find that I tuned out too much. I was, I was okay with how everything went and I was a little bit concerned because there was only like eight matches and a one pre-show match. And I was like, mm, is there going to be enough time? Raw is three hours. Are they going to give us less than three hours of a pay-per-view? But they went the limit and I was okay with um, SummerSlam.
4: For sure. And I do like a bit of the shorter format because for a little while there with the Summer Slams and the uh, WrestleManias, they were really getting up into high territory time-wise and it's like, okay, it's thing over yet, you know, and you know, you, typically you would think that consuming more wrestling content that we'd be happy with that, but when it, when it starts to get a little monotonous, you know, then it's going kind of like, okay, you know, let's wrap it up here. I want to get some sleep and uh, be able to function the following <laughs> day. so Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I may have to go back and actually uh, check out the show here fully. Well, well I I'd like to talk a little bit about a about TakeOver, but I'm actually going to leave that because that is actually going to tie into our Showstopper segment, so I think we'll wait a little bit on that one. Um, let's talk a little bit of uh, breaking news here, Carl. One big thing that I want to mention uh, that I didn't include on the run, i actually I completely forgot, but just to update everybody on new, the New Japan Cup USA, uh, that tournament has wrapped up, and uh, for the, the final match we had David Finley versus Kenta. Uh, for those who wondering who Kenta is, that was Hideo Itami and uh, WWE, and... Kenta has advanced, and he is the one that is going to be taking on Mr. John Moxley for that New Japan Pro Wrestling United States Championship. That's interesting here, Carl, because you know we got a couple WWE guys uh, f- uh, fighting for uh, wrestling for a New Japan Pro Wrestling Championship, and there's some interesting right. dynamics here, and uh, something that uh, very different styles. And I'm looking forward to uh, to checking that match out where wherever they decide to do it.
2: Definitely. I am too. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's just been fantastic seeing uh, everything that's been coming out of new Japan pro wrestling right now. And even though it is like a couple of former WWE guys, it doesn't feel as though, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So with other ones we've had before that it's uh, like you, you you see them in a different promotion. Um, I'm going to use like, let's say, EC3 right now, uh, wherever he goes, whether it's uh, Impact, Ring of Honor, whatever he's been doing. It just feels like a former WWE guy right now. Mm-hmm. He's doing his best to really break out of that, which I'm happy about. And he has been doing a fantastic job doing that. But it's, that's just the aura, that's the feeling that you get. And that's how I feel right now is that it's another former WWE guy. Looking at uh, Zach Ryder, mm-hmm. uh, same thing right now in AEW. Um, so, it, I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of break away from that. But these guys over at New Japan Pro Wrestling have seemingly done that.
4: Yep. Uh, the other thing that I want to touch on too, uh, going back to some WWE stuff here, I want to talk a little bit about about, uh, Baron Corbin or King Corbin as they're still calling him. Uh, They're still rocking with that gimmick there. I'm not entirely sure why uh, since it's kind of meaningless at this point. But uh, he is somebody that has actually spoken out against fans complaining about the product here, Carl. And it's unfortunate that it's him doing this because, I mean, he's somebody that's been pretty universally thought of as being bad so far. Um, I've come to his defense a little bit feeling that, you know, that's just him being a good heel. But sometimes you can go a little too far here. And there's been people complaining about the product here. And um, just the one little response here that I'll I'll put up here that I think is uh, part of the reason why maybe some of these guys shouldn't be on social media in here. And this is uh, him. uh, He says here, if you don't care, you win not tweet a reply, you Twitter turd. Um, Carl, calling wrestling fans Twitter turds, maybe not the smartest move. Maybe not the smartest move.
2: What's what's the difference between calling people a twitter turd Mm -hmm. than calling somebody
4: a pencil necked geek? Because with it being on social media here, I think that there's a bit of a uncertainty here is, you know, is this are we getting the Baron Corbett character or are we getting you know the actual person in real life right that's one issue with social media is that since we do tend to kind of blur the lines a little bit there it's hard to know you know is this being tied into the storyline of what's going on or is this him just being a dick you know so that's where some of this issue can i mean mean, given that he's currently a heel and he can get away but if he was if he was being a good guy here carl that's where this would really come into play and be be an issue and I think so. you
2: just hit it right there. That's the yeah. difference right now. His character is a heel character as opposed to a face. Mm-hmm. So if he had been a face character yeah. wording it a little bit differently. Yeah. <laughs> would be totally fine. But the way that it's worded right now is just, I, I think it's, it's just heel play. That's yeah. all it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine be. with it, whatever. If you can't see past, The character that's playing the heel and calling you a Twitter turd (laughs) and the actual person, I mean, that's your own problem. I I can't do anything about that.
4: You got any breaking news that you want to cover, Carl?
2: I do. This is something that uh, we haven't talked about AEW. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just want to briefly mention AEW. Cody Rhodes' reign has ended with the TNT Championship. We have a new TNT Champion in what was like pretty much a squash match pretty much yeah. super quick done brody lee leader of the dark order is your new tnt champion that's all i got that's all i want to talk about for any type of real breaking news this week <laughs> yeah.
4: briefly on that do you, do you like that move or uh um, i love it yeah yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's interesting um I would have maybe gone a little bit further with Cody's reign and done more of the open challenge, but, uh, you know, maybe they didn't have anybody else lined up and maybe that was, uh, the reason why, um, that they've done. So, uh, Ellie, uh, so evening guys just popping in for a bit. Uh, always good to see our friend Ellie <laughs> in our chat. All right, Carl, let's go to our match of the week segment. All right, Carl, let's do Match of the Week segment here. Um, All right. I'm going to let you go first because just in case we were to pick the same thing here, because it seems to be if I go first, we get the same thing. Uh, What was your Match of the Week for this past week that was professional wrestling?
2: You said this last week as well. You're making it seem like I'm just copying what you're saying every time. That's, that's not the case. I people. keep thinking it definitely ba- is not. I keep thinking I'm back to these pe-
4: times where I picked first and you and then I, I would be, I'd be sitting there watching and be like, oh my god, he's picking the same thing as me. Right. So, what, it has what, happened. What was your pick?
2: My match of the week is actually coming from Saturday's matches from NXT TakeOver30. I was super impressed and loved watching Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. Mm. Just two guys that that are fantastic inside that ring, yeah. and I am super happy with what I saw. So, yeah.
4: Yeah, some good stuff there. Uh, apparently, though, uh, there was an injury coming out of that, and hopefully that's not too... Yes. Um, too extreme. Uh, it seems to be... I don't know how many times that's happened in, in WWE over the past few-plus years now where somebody wins a big match like that and they have an injury coming out and of it. And then so. injury right away. Yeah. yeah. So that's a bit of a bummer there, but hopefully he'll be okay with that. Uh, my matchup, uh, My match of the week, sorry, is, is coming from 2019 from Ring of Honor. We were talking... Um, I actually... Actually, I need to go back and uh, just look briefly here. I had the window open, and then I, I closed it out here, doing <laughs> this on the fly here. Uh, yes, from Glory by Honor in 2019, uh, this was Roosh defending the ROH Championship versus Silas Young. I'm going to match that. went just over 12 minutes. This was an absolutely fantastic matchup here, Carl. Uh, Roosh of course, is Roosh. I mean, he's a a big star in Ring of Honor and I think will be outside of Ring of Honor at some point. But Silas Young doesn't get the appreciation that he deserves. He is a great foil inside of that ring. Uh, He's somebody that will probably never get to that upper echelon, but he is just a great guy to help put over these other talents. He's almost kind of like in that gatekeeper kind of role, and he does it extremely well. And damn, he he has a good uh, work rate in that ring. And guess what, Carl? You know where he's appeared before? CWE. That's right. Right? So uh, some fantastic <laughs> stuff there, and always a uh, link back to that. So, yeah, my matchup coming from Ring of Honor. Uh, again, they all this free content on YouTube with Ring of Honor has been absolutely fantastic, oh, yeah. and I've been consuming a lot of my wrestling content that way. So some good stuff there. All, all right. right. Let's take a bit of another break here, Carl, and we'll come back with our showstopper segment here. Um, you know what? I'll let you pick the next break segment. Sounds yeah. good to me.
0: Hi, my name's Barry Ratcliffe. You might recognize me from such films as The Longest Ride or Ted 2. Now, as a successful actor, I have two planes, a supermodel wife, countless exotic cars, and a ton of cash. You might think, couldn't get any better than this. but. You'd be wrong for only $4.99. You can get OVWWrestlingNetwork.com. That's OVWWrestlingNetwork.com for only 4 dollars Now, will your life be as good as this? No! Yeah. Will it be better? Yes, and I guarantee that. That's not valid anywhere. OVWWrestlingNetwork.com is only 4 dollars Tomorrow's yesterday is today. Prices so low, they're insane! <whistles> What more bang for your buck? Well, so do I at ovwrestlingnetwork.com. It's only $4.99 a month. In between excitement, me too. ovwrestlingnetwork.com is only $4.99 a month. You get that incredible value. She cost me $17 million and I loved it. Want a real value? ovwrestlingnetwork.com. It's only $4.99. That's a price so low. Well, it's insane, huh? Ah.
4: So, here you go from our friends over at OVW. Uh, five bucks a month for their, their streaming service. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Some great content. Oh, yeah. And we know a lot of people that uh, are instrumental in that promotion. Uh, still working on uh, our friend Dusty Gold to get him on uh, to the program at some point. So, it, uh, we'll stay tuned for that. We'll get him soon. Um, let us go to our showstopper segment. We are running a little bit long uh, this week, guys, but uh, uh, this is going to be worth it, trust me. Let's go to our showstopper segment. All right, guys, uh, this uh, showstopper segment this week is uh, surprisingly enough, this is coming from WWE and NXT TakeOver. As I mentioned uh, earlier in the, in the program here, that we were going to wait to talk about this with this. Uh, leading up to this sh- show here, Carl, um, we had Mr. Pat McAfee getting involved with Mr. Adam Cole, and I expressed how they were kind of doing some funky stuff here, kayfabe wise, but. They managed to pull something kind of cool here, Carl. Now, um, hopefully, you still have the the video queued up here. I want to watch this video and then we'll talk about it after. This is uh, Pat McAfee, uh, essentially a non wrestler, uh, did some training, but this is a guy that is very, very new at this, and it's a promo against Adam Cole here. Let's take a look at this.
1: Well, hello, undisputed era. Last week, Adam, you said, please, please come see me face to face. Come back to the arena that I was kicked out of. I'm here. And I brought 28 years of NFL experience with me because I knew you better than you know yourself. I know that you go nowhere without these three stooges. I know that you would be nothing without these three stooges. And I know that you could never handle a face to face with a human like moi all by yourself.
3: Yeah, you ready to start now? You ready to start now, Pat?
5: No, Come on. Come
1: on. You got McAfee. Get the ring. You get the ring. Yeah. No, it's a good The floor is all yours. Thank yeah. you. Do you remember what happened two weeks ago when you and I were in this same NXT arena? Adam Cole? You probably don't. This is how it ended. I'll remind you. Shawn Michaels was checking for vitals on your soulless body right over yonder next to stupid Tom Phillips. Last week, you go on this entire rant about how you were being held back, that I took advantage of a situation, blah, blah, blah. I outsmarted you in your own house. In your own business, I outsmarted you. Then you went on an entire, you suck. Then you went on an entire rant about how I'm not special. Not special. You're the longest reigning NXT champ. You've wrestled all around this globe. You've wrestled in front of five people at armories, bingo halls, high schools, Japan, all over the world. And you got to hear and you were the biggest star in this brand what you call yourself? The king of NXT? You had all these people fooled. 400 and some days you were undefeated. Took me a minute and a half to knock your ass out. One minute, knock your ass out. One swing of this foot. Done. Then you call me not special. How's that not special? I've never been in this ring before. Made you look amateur. I've made a million dollars in seven different professions. And you, especially you, stupid you, mustache stooge, in the ignorant wrestling community at home, you better hope that I don't stick with this profession because this will be number eight if I want to. And on Saturday, Saturday, it's going to end the same exact way that it ended two weeks ago. You're gonna be left unconscious after probably throwing a temper tantrum, after losing your mind, after losing your cool, because you and I are different level humans. You only gave me two weeks to train for this match. Two weeks! Triple H gets on ESPN, the Cerebral Assassin who kicked me out, who says, well, Pat wants to be tough, I can make him famous. Two weeks is all I'm gonna need to beat you and you're gonna have to explain to the entire wrestling community how you lost to an outsider. Let me tell you how you lost to an outsider. Because you're great. In this world, you are. But I am next level. I am above you as a human. I am above you as an athlete. And on Saturday, it's gonna end with one swing of his foot, meeting your face, sending it to the moon, and the only sound that any of these idiots in here and anybody at home will hear is boom.
4: So there you go, folks. Um, we had essentially a non-wrestler come in to NXT and shoot one of the best promos I've seen in the last quite a while against one of the best in the game too, Adam Cole. Uh, Carl, I, I was very, very impressed, uh, what this guy was able to do on the microphone. Now, despite, you know, the, all the in-ring stuff, you know, this match has already happened. Spoiler, you know. He got pinned. He lost the match. Did very well, actually, physically uh, and wrestling-wise in the match. I thought he did pretty decent. Um, that promo work, Carl, that was fantastic. Some of these uh, wrestlers can take some tips from this. There was some good stuff done here, Carl.
2: There definitely was. Um, I have not watched that thing in its entirety until now. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to come into this with, Uh, with with no expectations open mind to this entire thing and even though it was a little over four minutes I (laughs) am impressed
4: yeah
2: I definitely am that uh... those of you know that I used to work in the business 11 years I was working as a professional wrestler Mm. I couldn't cut a promo like that. Wow. <laughs> right. Like seriously, that yeah. guy, you, you talk about people that have it when it comes to promo work. That was it when yeah. it comes to promo work, people. Man, that was fantastic. And he just it, it subtly like hit every point. And he, he didn't yep. have to yell. He didn't have to yep. scream. He was a little louder with things. But he, he got everything there, and, and I, was, I was invested in that. I'm going, this is, this is awesome.
4: Mm-hmm. Now, to tie this into our Showstopper segment now, essentially what I had written down here, uh, has the art of the promo been lost in industry's supposed top company? Um, when you compare this up against a lot of what these actual wrestlers are doing, you can make that argument here, Carl, that, that this guy basically came in with a lot less experience than a lot of these uh, guys and girls and destroyed them in the promo field. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So these other wrestlers have got some work to do. And I would say, you know, talk to Mr. Pat McAfee and ask him, hey, like, did you do some research? Like, who did you learn this from? And just, just teach me. I think this guy could arguably be a promo teacher, Carl. I mean, uh, uh, I'm, I'm still kind of floored with this. I thought he did fantastic. Um, like I said, say what you will about every other aspect. Um, he hooked me into that match with that promo. And that's what it's supposed to do.
2: Definitely it is. I know that you and I both on previous episode had talked about this and had talked about how First we 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 got this heat going on, and then they kiss and make up, and then all of a sudden there's you know a match that's going to be happening, and we were totally confused. But this tied everything together so nicely. I was very happy with everything that I saw there, and yes, I want to know who he went to to learn this promo work because that was freaking fantastic you talk about the talent today not really being able to do such a promo and i think it comes down to who is teaching to do promo work right now that is the biggest thing uh nxt is the breeding ground for the next level wwe star but i don't even know who's teaching promo work down there anymore before dusty passed he was working very closely with the talent when it comes to doing promo work dusty one of the best on that microphone when it comes to promo work um yeah i think uh, that, that's that's it right there yeah. i don't know that we have somebody that is really able to teach promo work properly
4: well, I believe William Regal was still doing some of that to some degree, but it's also very possible here, Carl, with Mr. Pat McAfee. I mean, we know that you know he does radio work and that kind of stuff too. Uh, a lot of this, uh, believe it or not, is probably just natural ability for this guy to be able to talk and, and get his point across. Uh, that's definitely yeah. a, possibly a factor here is that uh, he may not have had a lot of training here and he is just a good talker. Uh, that is entirely possible. It
2: definitely it is. I hope that that's what it is because I want to see more promos from Pat McAfee right now. Yep. And I I, I really hope that they're going to keep him around, even just for that, just to go out there and do do a couple of matches. If you haven't seen mm-hmm. that match from NXT Takeover Thirty, go and watch it because Pat McAfee really impressed me. Um, seemingly I didn't even know who the guy was before. And now, after seeing that promo, yep. as well as seeing the matchup that happened between Adam Cole and Pat McAfee at NXT TakeOver 30, I'm a Pat McAfee fan. Wow.
4: Yep. And even if he doesn't want to continue in the ring as, as an in-ring talent, um, he's probably a shoe in to be a manager or to be a mouthpiece for somebody Um you, like we had just said, you know, you obviously he knows how to talk, um, in that pro context. And, uh, I think this guy can basically do whatever he wants. I mean, he went about the train the right way here. Carl, we mentioned, uh, I think, uh, on this previous episode that, uh, Rip Rogers is, uh, who he did some training with. Yes. And, uh, yeah. I mean, That's fantastic.
2: to RBV for letting us know and cluing us in.
4: Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, he did, went about the train the right way and seemingly has a lot of natural ability on the microphone. I mean. And the guy looks athletic. I mean, that's a lot of the things that you want a professional wrestler, Carl. It's just like, it's just going to be a matter of how far into this he wants to go.
2: Definitely. My only stipulation on all of this is if they decide to keep him around in a professional wrestler aspect or as a managerial aspect, we need to work on getting those promos out a little bit quicker, I think. Um, having a four-minute promo all the time is is just going to become possibly very repetitive and i don't want to see something like that happen i would rather him go out there do a a one-minute quick promo get the point across done and out but for this this worked yeah. This definitely was what was needed. Having this type of a longer promo um, was was fantastic, and I am super happy with what I saw. And
4: that'll be the real test, too, is if he can repeat the success as well, right? I mean, this yes. uh, hopefully he can repeat it. And not, it's not just a one. Uh, one and done type thing where you know his next promo was garbage. You know, maybe he had a lot of time to prepare this one. We don't know all of the aspects, so hopefully it's is something that he can uh, continue to be good at. And if that's the case, then you know, then proceed uh, however you want to go about things. And uh, but uh, as it sits right now, uh, I I'm digging what he's doing.
2: Me too, definitely.
4: All right, Carl. Well, um, is there anything else we we want to touch on? Um, for, for this week. I, I think we covered quite a bit and we actually went a little bit long. So
2: we did go a little bit long. Yeah. The only thing that I want to touch on is that you can find us on social media at TB talk pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget over on our Facebook page. We are having that contest that we spoke about earlier. If you're not sure what that is, go to our Facebook page, at TB Talk Pod, the information is right there for the contest that we have going on. Again, a special thank you to our sponsors, ColorAndElbowBrand.com. Get ten percent off your entire purchase when you use promo code JK Podcast at the checkout at ColorAndElbowBrand.com. And if you are looking for some amazing supplements, health supplements for your pre, your post workout, Super Greens. Collagen, uh, testosterone, whatever you're looking for, go and check out Phoenix at fnxfit.com. Use promo code TBTalkPod. You're going to get 15% off your entire order over at fnxfit.com. As you see, Big Joe is wearing a Turn Buckle Talk shirt. I am drinking from my Turnbuckle Talk mug. We have our own merchandise available now. Go and check out turnbuckle-talk.myshopify.com. If there is something specific that you guys are looking for, send us a message. Let us know what you're looking for when it comes to merchandise. I am super stoked about us having our own merchandise line. Go and check that out at turnbuckle-talk.myshopify.com.
4: Absolutely, and of course, thank you again to our guest, uh, Danny Duggan from Canadian Wrestling's Elite. Um, as we see more of what's kind of going to happen with this upcoming tour, uh, we'll definitely be in touch with Danny again. We'll likely have him on the program again uh, to talk more about uh, what's going to happen, and hopefully maybe they can loosen the restrictions at the border, but as I, as I mentioned, you know, if this really is more of a Canadian uh, CWE tour, um, we could still have some very exciting things here and looking forward to what they have to offer and what to show us and to just have some live wrestling to go and watch, which would uh, definitely be fantastic. Oh yes. All right, man, well let's wrap it up for this week and we'll see you on the next one.
2: Have a nice day
1: it's me, it's me, it's an to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheBucks.com. And i like everyone to continue to tune in to turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. Here. You can find that all at HittingTheBucks.com. Run.